listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well and uh, I'm excited to be uh, on another episode of The Cooler Ring with you. Yeah, no, yeah. me as well. This is a, I think this is going to be an interesting topic. We've had a lot of people ask us about this over the years. And uh, it's not necessarily a thing that marketers have at the top of their minds. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's funny. We it's, get, it's funny. It's a weird uh, kind of non marketing thing that we get yep. asked about probably the most. Like I said, what's the thing that we get asked about the most that's non marketing? But in a business context, I would say this is probably it over the years. Yep. And, you know, we could continue the suspense forever and just talk about it kind of in the third. Yeah. yeah or, <laughs> no, but we get, we get, we get asked about your mountain biking hobby a lot or whatever, but yeah. Oh yeah. No, let's see. That's a pre-qualification to work with us all. <laughs> Be able to talk about what bicycles you have. But, uh, but what we're talking about is agile uh, project management, basically um, the execution of marketing work via uh, an agile means in a formally agile way, I would suggest. Yeah, that's what we're talking. And, about. Absolutely. And this is something that we have quite a bit of experience with, I would say. Um, we've been organized in this manner for almost a decade now and um, ran it other ways before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Found this to be uh, to be a, a measurable improvement absolutely absolutely and you know i don't think i think um it's fair to say that there at that time i mean nine nine ten years ago there certainly were not a lot of marketing agencies uh making a, a shift to to organize in an agile way uh, now we're you know certainly you do see that a bit more they do tend to be more development centric uh, organizations but not always um, Which we're going to talk about in a second. Why that doesn't matter? Yeah, yeah, and and we're seeing that re almost a reinvigorated interest in this now from client side marketing teams. We've actually helped a few hmm. start to organize themselves in this fashion, and I would say, you know, when we were getting this underway nearly a decade ago, there was interest, but I think there's still there's a lot of reticence to changing the way you manage projects, especially within agencies. And I would imagine that this is the case within larger internal marketing teams too. Like they either feel they don't know what they're doing or they have a way of managing those things already that they think is fine, um, but doesn't necessarily give them the visibility into the future they might want. Well, but, uh, ch changing how work is managed is basically what we're talking about. Like, so for an internal marketing organization, frankly, fundamentally no different than um, no. Uh, for for us here at Cooler Partners or or many other organizations. Uh, when you make the change to how work is managed, and, and it, you know there can it can be very easy to conclude that the juice isn't going to be worth the squeeze as you begin to examine the possibility of doing that you know inevitably there's a lot of uh, personnel uh, components to it change management components and you can quickly talk yourself out of it i think yeah it, it sparks some opinions yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but i think one thing that's happening um um 
manufacturing marketing organizations are not going to be exempt from the uh, uh, somewhat permanent pivot to remote or at least hybrid work environments. Uh, I think uh, if, if you're a betting person, it's probably best not to bet that everybody's going to be 100% back in the head office. Um, so I, I think that's making these kind of, because Agile, of course, is typically an online uh, uh, managed uh, Yes. environment um it's making these kind of kinds of tools uh, i guess a, a little bit more interesting in them because you know it's kind of a, a, a tool whose time has come potentially for many organizations for sure yeah although i would say that just because even if you are a 100 percent in office organization that is not to suggest that you can't do things better and with greater precision by organizing yourself in an agile way uh we ran agile fully in the office for five or six years before the pandemic hit and then or five six seven years before the pandemic hit and then what was really interesting about that is the day that that switched in march of 2020 we went 100 percent remote and nothing changed hmm. from a project management perspective everything continued to flow there was no relearning there was no adaptation it was 100% productivity, just like it had been the Friday before. Yeah, and there's no question that you can, um, you, you know, you don't need to be a remote organization or a hybrid organization to take advantage of this. It's just all, all I was suggesting there is that maybe that's what's driving a bit of the renewed interest in exploring this and maybe being uh, open to uh, the change impacts that come from yeah. it uh, because there's um, there's these other pressures. I, I, I do think too. It's interesting to think about how uh, talent challenges for manufacturers uh, within their marketing departments uh, is pushing them to uh, collaborate more uh, versus uh, doing it all themselves. Um, and of course, that's not new for many organizations, and you know, many of them maintain a, a wide number of of agency and consultancy partners, etc. Uh, but I do think that the, one of the advantages there too is um, that it does enable a bit more um, uh, of seamless collaboration, uh, particularly uh, with um, with a, another provider who is running uh, uh, agile in a somewhat similar way, uh, and uh, and typically that's on di more digitally centric initiatives, which frankly an awful lot of marketing is now, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think before we get too much further, I think we should spend a little bit of time just kind of talking about what we mean when we suggest, when we talk about agile for marketing teams, because I think it is still not necessarily clear. You know, people are aware of the buzzwords and sprints and user stories and story points and all of those things. But I think what the move to agile fundamentally means is that you try to break up the things that you're doing into completable chunks within a time boxed sprint, whether that's a week or 10 days or two weeks or a month, whatever you decide that kind of time boxed um, chunk of working time is to be. And those things can be finished and presented and shown and committed and given to others to work on the next stage at the end of that sprint. And the things within that sprint that you work on are called stories. 
Um, and, and that's kind of it. So it, it's really just about chunking up your work in, in ways that you can say, okay, this chunk, this user story, I'm going to complete this today and then finish it. And then it goes into review and then it goes to the next, you know, the next phase down the line, building on a landing page, whatever. Um, each component of that can be crafted as something to be done and complete. And that, that's really kind of it. Like at, at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be more complex than that. You could manage this in a spreadsheet if you wanted to. Right, right. Interesting, because I I, I, I kind of heard myself uh, from 10 years ago when we were kind of first exploring this, <laughs> uh, thinking there's, you know, I remember just thinking, there ain't no way you can manage marketing stuff this way. I mean, sure, if you're coding a website, but yeah. yeah. But the fact of the matter is you can, you know, every component of every type of digital tactic or even like it doesn't have to be digital at all. Mm. You could be talking about the creation of a trade show booth and the brochures to pass out and the people who are going to be there. That can all be organized in an agile way because each one of those things is a is a complete task, you know, whether it's designing the brochures and creating the copy for them and doing the layout and sending them to print. Well, each one of those things can be a user story. You know, and as you do one, then then it moves along and and gets picked up by the next person. This is one of the great things for for cross functional teams, which we certainly know a lot of internal organizations have. You know, they might have a designer, and they might have a developer. They definitely have some marketers and strategists, maybe a copywriter here or there. And you know, each one of those people contributes something to a whole. They very few of them kind of do everything from start to finish. So. When you have those kinds of groups, everybody can be working on the same epic, which is kind of the the holder of all the different um, user stories. A, co a collection of sprints in some way. Yeah, a collection of sprints, which is a collection of stories. Um, and then each one of those things can be broken down into something that can easily be completed and checked off and committed. So as you look to the kinds of work that you have to do in the future, you can have all of these stories mapped out, the amount of effort associated with them, and then you can see across the number of people that you have, how much work you have to do, and then how you're going to get it done and how you can plan it, and what is happening after that in that backlog of um, other things that you want to get to at some point, prioritized, preferably. So that's kind of it. Like it's not, it's not more complex than that, and it sounds like it, you know, isn't that different from traditional project management, but the way you go about it is, and the way you kind of organize around it and sort of the extra duties that are part of it um, in terms of having a scrum master and a product owner um, kind of changes how you think about these things a little bit, wouldn't you say? It does, and I think maybe the biggest, because of course any kind of project management system or what have you or framework that you might seek to implement uh, is always gonna have kind of new components or different things right. or chunk yeah. you know, things named different things or what have you. So, you know, it, it, in that way, it's a different, but the same is different, but the same. Um, but I, I guess the one thing that stuck, sticks out to me is that um, the one big difference with agile is it's a learning system. It's like, a, it's a system that lear learns and gets better over time. Uh, peer reviewed estimates get more accurate over time. Uh, capacity uh, planning and throughput becomes more predictable over time. Um, 
over time you build up uh, references for, you know, you can look at, at new work that is being incorporated into the team and you have a greater kind of library of references of work that's been executed in the past mm -hmm. that may, might be somewhat similar. Um, so in, in that way, uh, I, I think that's the biggest mental shift. It's like, yes, implementing a new system is always going to take some change. Um, but to me, the thing I don't think I got at the start that I didn't really kind of fully understand is that we were going to be implementing a system that would uh, that that was built for iterative improvement, and 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 it's a system that enables iterative improvement in the work that is managed in that manner. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah, <laughs> it, you can't really do this like a waterfall Gantt chart type management of, of a larger project and then reuse that <laughs> because it, it all the pieces are required for the whole in that case whereas in the case of a of an agile managed project all the pieces are almost independent <laughs> like yeah. you know, so every component yeah. of every Thing that you're producing can be broken out into ever smaller chunks that can be completed within that time box sprint. So, and those are the things like you're saying that go into the library. So, you know, if that's a how you stand up paid search could break down into five different stories around audience and bid and ad writing. And, you know, each one of those things is its own thing. Um, you know, so it's each one of those things can be learned from reused and repurposed as time goes on and like you say they get better yeah over time it's like cheese <laughs> and uh i wasn't seeing that reference coming i was say um yeah, no it's better over time uh, and i think it's important to the second part of that is that it it enables um work that's built to get better over time i can rec just recall monique elliott talking to us about how uh, most of marketing today ought to be thought of through the lens of managing products, not projects. Um, that that uh, uh, most marketing um, uh, components of marketing today are basically evol ever evolving marketing products, be that an e-com site or your trade show presence or your lead gen program or, or whatever. I mean, yeah. it can, and in that way, um, uh, managing those initiatives by agile in some ways positions them to for, for iterative improvement because it's 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 a kind of thing that that is is built for just that establishing a prioritized backlog cleaning the backlog on a regular basis to understand is that still something we want to focus on yes or no and then implementing and executing accordingly um and, and if all of this, I guess, sounds like it's a lot of product and project management overhead and a lot of um, administration, I guess, what would you say to that? Is it, is it or is it the work that we the sh people should be doing anyway? It's getting it stood up is definitely a fair amount of overhead. There's no question. Like if you're if you're going to transition into this kind of methodology now and you have a an eight, ten person team, 
you know, this is not something you're just going to turn on Jira or some other project management software and immediately start doing. You're going to need to transition into this and build it up over time, start with new engagements only, whatever that happens to be in order to kind of build into it. But once you're in it and you've been doing it for a little while, it's like everything else, whether it's content for organic SEO or whatever, it, you know, having that bank of, of invested user stories um, built up will enable you to more quickly manage projects going forward and see where the problems are in the gaps, because there are also many little check-ins as part of this. Um, in fact, one of the things a lot of people adopt, adopt out of agile without adopting agile is the idea of a standup. Right. That's right. You know, so a five or 10 minute meeting every morning with the project team where you talk about what you accomplished the day before and what might be blocking you now. And then if there's anybody in that group that can help unblock that, they can do so and you have a sense of what's going on. So there's a there's an innate built in communication style that makes this more productive. And I would say if you're going to adopt nothing else, then that might be something to consider. Um, but it makes a lot more sense when it's done as part of agile, where you have a scrum master who is saying, okay, these five people on my team each have these stories to work on in this sprint. And I can see how they're progressing on those different things based on what I heard in the standup this morning that allows you to kind of quickly manage and move things in and out based on, you know, we didn't get this proof back from the printer, so we can't move any further ahead with, you know, sending it off to the trade show. So that's blocked, you know, whatever that happens to be. Um, you can more readily see kind of how things are going, but I think it actually takes less time and less management otherwise, because each person on the team knows what they are responsible for. There's a person who's seeing the overall, I would call them swim lanes, um, where basically you see all of the stories kind of moving through and what stage they're at, whether or not they've been reviewed or completed or what have you as the sprint time clock counts down. Um, you know, that part kind of takes care of itself somewhat. And then it's a matter of just kind of grooming it and staying on top of what's being done. So I, I think there's a there's a better visibility into what's going on, but it's going to take you a little bit of time to reap that benefit. Um, and you should plan for that if you're going to make this transition. So at all, like, other than, of course, uh, 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 appreciate that there's a bit of a price to pay, if you will, for uh, getting it st stood up and, and getting going. There's a change management process that needs to be implemented, et cetera. But that all, you know, that, that, that all seems pretty, pretty easy to, to navigate or doesn't seem too terrible. And then all the rest of it seems like there's an upside. Yeah. Uh, so I guess my question to you is, what is the other, what's the downside? Like, other than just the implementation, is there any kind of, are there any kind of negative consequences, consequences that you see of, of managing work in this manner? There are problems with implementation of Agile when you don't have full buy-in from all team members. So I mean, that that doesn't it's not exactly an answer to your to mm. your question, but like that idea of kind of forcing Agile on on team members if if people don't fully participate in it, then it's not going 
to work. Yeah, no, agile is like being pregnant. You can't be half agile. I yeah, think. Like, exactly. really. I mean, you say that, but you can, frankly, there are a couple of core things you could do. Like you say, you could just implement stand up and you're not implementing agile, but you're part. And so I guess maybe I'll take that back. But I agree with you. If, you're, if you are going to implement it fully, you need everybody bought yeah. in. So, and, and that's a bit of a downside for larger teams because it is harder to make people yeah. make this transition. So. I, I was wondering if sometimes it, um, I, I was trying to ask myself that question, I guess, as I asked it to you. And I, I wonder, I, I think sometimes it can feel to certain, especially to certain personality types, um, that agile forces you to focus on the minutiae, almost like you're, you know, as you're trying to chunk up work in a manner that fits the sprints, et cetera. Um, uh, I'm not saying that's a valid criticism. I just think it's a criticism that implementers may hear uh, mm-hmm. as, as folks who are used to just carrying the work in their head are tasked with kind of breaking it up into bite-sized chunks, if you will. So I, I maybe that's a possible downside. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I do think, though, I mean, depending on the size of your team, you know, there are, it, it's most likely that, you know, the person who's doing one part of that work, which is one story, and the other part, which is another, um, which may seem kind of diminutive in their own right. But if they're seeing those things together and kind of working on them, then they're going, you know, you, you can only, you can only um, abstract so much, you know. At, at the end of the day. So not everything can be broken down into absolutely tiny chunks. But one of the one of the potential failures is when you choose not to do that and then it's just not clear what needs to be done because it's too big. Right. Right. Exactly. It's still it's it's still it's still then it's too complex. You haven't broken it down to basically just complicated. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. no, exactly. So, you know, that that could be something as you know, create a campaign for the oil and gas vertical on our new automation platform. Well, that's <laughs> that's much too vague. Now that that needs to be planned and pull pieces need to be pulled in from reference stories and anything new needs to be created. That's kind of part of the learning thing with it, where it picks up new ideas as you do new things. Um, but yeah, I, I think it will fail on that kind of level. But that's sort of where a lot of waterfall projects kind of fail as well, you know, because they're they're just too broad and there isn't enough detail to know what is the true definition of done and correct, which should be part of every... Or, like, or, or done for now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I kind of... I feel like it's the type of topic that you kind of uh, keep peeling back and, and, and peeling back, you know, like creating uh, ever more granular user stories. <laughs> kind of, is, is some, <laughs> but, but there, there, there are a lot of uh, um, uh, nuances to it. Um, can we think of any um, kind of things that people ought to maybe uh, watch out for? as they're implementing agile, appreciating the people management challenge of it or the change management challenge of it. Is there, um, 
is there anything maybe to be mindful of uh, beyond that that we need to highlight? I, I mean, I think uh, one, one thing I think is that you got to be open to not just that the system learns um, and gets smarter over time, but the system itself changes. Like, um, you know, how you how how you uh, define uh, a story point, for example. Uh, may be adjusted over time. There, there may be just, and, and I think that's, I guess, the important part here is that, uh, which I guess maybe does lead me to the, the core point, is that nobody implements it perfectly in the purest academic sense. Yeah. yeah. There's always, it's always adapted in some way, shape, or form. I do think your, your mentioning of the story point is interesting because I think this is the concept that almost everybody struggles with the most. Because it's a, it's an abstraction of effort and complexity. It's not an abstraction of time. So in many, certainly in agencies, people are used to tracking time on projects. And, you know, we're well known for saying that we don't want to do work in that way because we don't want our customers or our clients to receive a call that we're halfway done the work, but all out of the hours and you know, so we were abstracting that work as a deliverable in, into story points and things like that. But I think a lot of people really struggle to understand what the point is <laughs> of a story point and how to define it for themselves. What would you say or what advice might you give to somebody trying to understand the idea of a story point initially when we when we made this transition we talked about them being almost like poker chips so they're you know they're uh, a reference to money but not actually money <laughs> yeah i mean we were, which is wrong i i would say the bit of advice i would give people is work with somebody that's done this like if you're implementing it um work with somebody that's done it before because it's going to take a while um uh, i would say story points are an they're an estimate of complexity um, uh, fundamentally is my understanding of it. And, and that is when complexity, when you're thinking about executing, a, a, a marketing related task these days is kind of a combination of time and certainty. Mm -hmm. So or time and skill and knowledge. Yeah. But which is related to certainty, I think. Right. Well, more like. You know, you're going into any given initiative with a level of pre-information. And we all know, like, there's some tasks that you start to do where as you start to do them, you have 100% of what you need. And then there's other things that you do that are prone to maybe some shifts along the way. Um, and so there's a level of certainty that... So I, I the way I, I kind of look at it is I think if it was the notion of story points as a combination of uh, uh, effort and and certainty that that effort's going to get me to that definition of done. And 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 that's the system that gets smarter over time. Um, yeah, as you execute on a specific story, each time you do it, you learn something, you fine-tune it, you massage it, polish it. And, and you also know, hmm, when I've had this level of uncertainty in the past, I've had to make these adjustments uh, as a result. Like this has been the impact of having that level of uncertainty at the outset. 
and they may even develop the instinct where you say, oh, I'm at a, I'm at a level of uncertainty that I can't even move forward with this uh, story. Mm-hmm. I have to actually do some an investigative one first in order to get to a, a level of certainty that even allows me me and my peers to estimate this task. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, one thing more, um, I guess, less a little less tactical on it maybe, but uh, one thing that comes to mind to me is one of the real powers of agile teams is that they hold themselves accountable. The The, the teams are executing on work collaboratively and they all know their part in that the every individual in the team knows their part in that but they also are more regularly grounded into the progress of the whole with that daily stand up etc yep um so it leads to a level of peer and team-based performance management that is very different than top-down managerial performance management um and I, I think managers just need to be aware that there's a change that's going to happen there. Um, and, and they're going to have to, and there may be, especially if you were a micromanager before, <laughs> um, agile is going to give you a lot more information and data, et cetera. So you're going to have a lot more insight into actual work and output, but, but you, how you action that or what you do with it cannot be, maybe the same micromanaging tendencies that you had in the past. Um, and there's certainly components to getting the work done that you need to, in some ways, have trust that the, the, the peer team-based components can help influence. Yeah, that is a really interesting point, I think, to leave it on. Because um, it does, when executed well, Agile teams perform, in my experience, at a higher level and more cohesively than non-agile teams. And that is a yeah. beautiful thing to see. It, it is. I mean, it's not. Uh, we're not talking about a, a statistical, you know, no. a significant uh, audience of thousands here that we can draw from, but that certainly is uh, our personal experience and what we've seen with clients as well. Um, uh, but like anything, it's uh, anytime you're uh, actively as managers talking about change management and a change requirement, um, there's you're always do well to pull up a mirror and say, What's, what am I going to have to change too? Because <laughs> inevitably there's something, and even if you don't see it today, it's not just about yeah. bringing everybody over to the, how you think. Uh, no, no, there's, there's a few other if things. If it were that there. simple, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Jeff, this has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.